This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the Palmetto Swamps, to the Piney Woods, to the Oak Flats, you're listening to the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. You're listening to the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast, presented by Scree Gear, and I've mentioned on the f- several times in the first couple of podcasts of the season that I was going on an elk hunt, and I just returned from that, and I've been wearing Scree Gear exclusively for about six years, and I hunt a lot, and I pack and travel and hunt, and it's been great, but I have never put it to the test the way that I did last week where I rode a horse 14 miles into the backcountry of northern Utah and camped for five days and experienced a variety of different weather and uh, everything in between you can imagine and I actually just got all my gear back today and started unpacking it and kind of cleaning everything up and I am like I said I've not put it through anything like what I did last week and it held up just as good as I could have imagined it's great and the great the greatest thing is if you do have a problem all of Scree gear everything they sell comes with a lifetime warranty and the the brand and the company has really been built on the principle of customer service and quality hunting apparel at a reasonable and affordable price so when you shop at screegear.com you can kind of do that with confidence that if you have a problem, even, you know, for the most part, even self-inflicted things are covered under the lifetime warranty. 
it's going to hold up. It's going to last you a long time. And they also come with a sizing guarantee, so you don't have to worry about not being able to go into a store and try it on. When you order something, it already comes with a prepaid shipping label just in case you need to send it back and get the right size. They handle that for you and make sure that you're set up and ready to go. And with the season right around the corner, as a matter of fact, tomorrow as this podcast uh, drops, it will be opening day for the majority of the state and the majority of the South. Um, If you're looking for new or improved or just additions to your camo hunting apparel, check out screegear.com. And, you know, if you're wanting to learn more before you jump off into it, follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You can find all kind of hunts and other information and uh, content that really kind of show you what the gear is all about. So shop online at screegear.com. So I just mentioned in that ad that as this podcast drops, uh, it will be the eve of the national holiday of opening day of deer season. And um, we're actually recording this a few days before, but it is opening week eve. And joining me on this here podcast today, Levi, how you doing, Duddy? I'm good, man. Good. Just uh, listen to my wife bang dishes around in the kitchen right now. I got Levi on Don't mute for most of this, so uh, <laughs> bear with us until his house quietens down a little bit. Colin's with us. What's up, Colin? I'm doing good, man. How y'all doing? Doing good. And our uh, fourth amigo for today's podcast, you probably recognize him as Bayou Bowman um, on online, on social media, and as a member of the Louisiana Bowhunter community, Mr. Hunter Brown. Thank you for joining us. What's, What's going happening, on? fellas? How y'all? Doing good. Thank you for joining us. Um, so I'm going to start out this, uh, we're going to start out by doing a really brief intro summary of where each one of us are leading up to Saturday. Um, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, I know me and Colin haven't. I don't think you have Levi Hunter. I don't, have y'all participated in any, anywhere in the state that's had an earlier opening or is everybody set for set Saturday? Set I wouldn't Saturday. say I'm set for Saturday, but <laughs> but you haven't hunted Saturday. until Saturday. Yeah. No, that's correct. So I'm gonna start. The dance begins Saturday. Yeah, the dance begins Saturday. Okay, I'm gonna start with Hunter then. So, kind of give us a a little bit of a. Well, first of all, since you're not, uh, since this is your guest appearance here on the podcast, I'm gonna ask you two questions. First, kind of, this is something we do with a lot of people on the podcast. Tell us what you're shooting, what your setup is as far as your bow and arrows and broadheads and kind of what you're running with this year. And then um, kind of let's let's kind of all of us go through a little bit of a breakdown of what we're doing this week and what our plans are for Saturday. So you start first, Hunter. So uh, as you all know, I'm uh, kind of got dove off into the recurve game here, I guess, a couple years ago, thanks to uh, Harmon. But uh, I'm still thoroughly enjoying that, but I do – uh, pull out the compound just to build a little confidence every now and then. And I'm still shooting a RX3. Uh, I hadn't bought a new bow. I used to buy a new bow about every year, but uh, once I got into the recurve hunting, I, obviously I quit buying them so often because I enjoy it so much. But So I'm still shooting my RX3 uh, Victory Bath Elites uh, with the I went to the Rage No Collar for a little while, but I didn't like them as much as the original Rage Hypodermic, so I went back to the, the original hypodermis with the plastic collar on. I just like them better. You got better luck with them. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. 
Well, what you got planned for Saturday? Uh, currently, uh, hunt a deer in the front yard of my camp because <laughs> that's all I got on camera. <laughs> uh, lots of hogs and lots of does, and uh, we've killed over twenty-five hogs in the last two weeks and traps and thermals. So, golly, uh, we got a big. I got a big wide six-point in the front yard of the camp that I think Levi named him Hustler because. Uh, I don't remember the conversation we were having. It was something to do with a lawnmower in the front yard or something. But mm. <laughs> I think we ended up naming him Hustler over the, the Hustler lawnmower anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's that's my only plan right now. That's something. But last year, if y'all remember, I literally did not have a shooter buck on camera. And uh, the season opened on Friday last year, and I hunted in the rain that evening. I hunted a hog Saturday morning, and Saturday morning at 730, uh Got two, uh, you know, very, very big deer at one of my stands that I was not even planning on hunting. So, went in there that evening and killed one. Yeah. Turns around so, fast. Well. It does. Never know. Cameras only show you what a little bit of what's going on. Talked about that, that a bunch. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not one of those for sure. Yeah. Well, Colin. There's what, a lot of deer that I, I'll go ahead. No, you you finish up what you're saying. No, I was just going to say, you know, there, there's a lot of deer that I left last year that are still around somewhere, so. Yep. Well, Definitely can't go off the cameras. Yep. Colin, what's your plan for Saturday? Well, I guess I uh, tomorrow I will be disking and planning, finishing all that up, getting that ready for the, the season. And I don't have any shooter bucks on camera right now. It seems like, for whatever reason, over the past couple of years where I hunt, they just kind of don't really show up till a month, two months into the season for whatever reason. They, I guess they just start to make their way that way. But <clears throat> I don't have any shooter bucks on camera. So I will be in West Texas for October 1st opener. I have a lease over there. So I'm going to make my way that way. See if I can get me some luck over there. So. Go where the deer are, I guess. I don't know. Um, Levi, you're oh, out. Levi's got a uh, Levi had a picture of a shooter Saturday about seven o'clock in the evening, walking back in a bachelor group. So Levi's getting excited. Levi's got a target. <laughs> we'll so if, we'll see if that plays out. Probably won't, but it was a. Uh, I had a camera set up on some muscadine trees that were rain. Well. Muscadine trees, muscadine vines. Uh, they were. It was. I put the camera out initially. There's a pretty good travel pattern down off, off the side of a ridge in one of our CRP fields that they use a lot. And I walked in there to put the camera out right there and set it up. And I actually was walking back out, and I knew there were some muscadine vines all in there, but I just happened to just look down, and they were everywhere. Well. I turned the camera around and faced away from the trail, and I got a picture of him Saturday, so we'll see. I don't have a whole lot of confidence that I'll see him in there because I only got, like, one picture of him kind of walking through, but, you know, we'll see. Well, Who knows? What the real story is is Levi was actually in there picking me a sack full of muscadines, and he just decided while he was there he would put out a camera. Muscadine is about my favorite food in on planet Earth, and I've already told him that I expect the next time I see him 
for him to be holding a sack full of them. So I'm going to assume that you were in there doing the Lord's work and picking me a sack full of muscadines and decided I might I'll just throw a camera up while I'm down in here doing this for my buddy Locke. And and um, the good Lord's shining down on you because of your good deed, your good so, works. Levi's this... Is this like a decent Levi deer, or is this like a really good Levi deer? No, he's he's not huge. He just he it was actually a really crappy picture of him. He was there was a smaller buck in front of him. They were just kind of walking in line, and the the bigger ones obviously was in the back. Uh, he was I don't know. He's not going to score a whole lot. I don't think he had a decent frame on him, but probably one hundred twenty. Five, maybe 130 inch deer maybe maybe well we'll see i we, I, I don't really uh i don't really was it well i mean i guess he's out of velvet huh yes he's out of velvet most every i don't have very many pictures of bucks either but but the ones that i do have both here and out of state are all out of velvet now. I haven't seen a velvet deer in a week or so. So I did miss a I missed the 140-inch nine-point years back on October the 5th, running in a bachelor group of, it was six bucks, including him. And he was the only one. All the rest of them were hard-horned, clean, and he was in full velvet. I mean, looked like middle of summer, full velvet. And uh, that's the only deer I've ever seen down here in uh, the south old as velvet that long but i know it's somebody will it'll it'll happen there you know the the freak the freak uh incidents where one holds their velvet somebody if somebody does i hope you'll share the picture with us so we can post it because that's always a kind of a cool to me that's always kind of a cool storyline for opening day is somebody somewhere is going to get lucky and and hit that power ball for that you know one deer that's holding his velvet a little long i've got i've got a terrible velvet story uh this was probably 10 or 11 years ago. Um, we had a picture of a, he was a mainframe nine point that had probably like a six inch drop time coming off of his base. Uh, and he held onto his velvet for a while. We were getting pictures of him right down to like the, the last weekend before opening week, opening day. And, uh, we had, we saw him in a food pot. We had planted some kale in one of our food pots, which is not something we normally plant. But uh, we saw him out in that pot, and there's a it's on the 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 kale is basically in between two kind of swampy areas. Yeah, and Lockie and Hunter both know, and probably Colin too, right there in the middle of our property, right there that food pot that's in between those two sloughs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where he was, and those deer typically they'll bed just east of that pot, or sometimes if it gets dry enough, they'll cross the slough on the south side and bed up in that CRP on the other side. Well, opening morning, I walked in there, and I'm not kidding you, at started cracking daylight, and here he comes right through the swamp, walk, walking right towards me, and... uh he got to like, I mean, I shot him at like 15 yards and I hit something. I don't, it was a vine or something, but I cut him. It, they are like dove down, like right when it got to him and it cut him 
across the bottom of the brisket and uh, ran off. We looked for him for a little while and obviously didn't find him because I knew we hit him low. I didn't think it would kill him. But uh, I was moving into my house the next weekend. I'd bought a house and I couldn't come back to the camp. Well, my dad was driving around on our property and looks out in the north slough, not the one that I shot him in, but the other one, and sees the deer laying in the pothole out there, messed up, was cut, and had been chewed on by coyotes or something. He was messed up, and my brother-in-law walked out there and shot him. (laughs) (laughs) He still had his velvet. And he's on... Yeah, still full velvet. I'll send you all a picture, but uh, yeah, he's mounted in my brother-in-law's house right now. <laughs> That's funny. You got the assist. It was awful. You get the assist on that. It was, <laughs> it was awful. I still think about it to this day. Well, so I guess I'll I'll wrap that part up. But I don't really have much of a plan for Saturday. Uh, my I have a nephew that's getting married at five o'clock on October the first. Mm, yeah. That's yeah. That, that's not good timing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um. Uh, so I've got to go to a, a wedding in the afternoon and my son is chomping at the bit. So I'm probably just going to get up and take him, film him hunting somewhere here around the house Saturday morning. And I don't know about Sunday. I, I just don't, man, I, I, the last several years, I just don't get too fired up about early season hunting. And, and I also want to cover all of y'all's asses real quick. Just because for whoever's listening that got something to say about every one of us talking about our cameras, and you ain't got to have cameras to kill deer. You ought to be able to find a deer, pattern a deer. You need to go hunt a feed tree. You ain't got to look at your cameras to know where to go hunting. I've got a few spots like that that I'm pretty sure, you know, if the wind if the wind is right, that uh, even though I'm with, with, uh, with, with at least with, with Colin, you and Hunter, um, I don't have a Levi buck showed up on the, the last week before opening day, but, um, I got a few spots that I think if the wind was right, I could probably catch some deer moving through and who knows, uh, you know, like, like you said, Hunter, they just tend to pop up this time of the year. So, but I don't know what I'm going to do. I know I'm not really hunting much Saturday and I don't know beyond that, but I'm excited for opening day because I'm at that stage of life where I got a teenage son that's just as ate up with it as I ever was and, and am today, and I, I just enjoy taking I'll be right and, there in your shoes, too, Locke. That's my, kids, are, kids are my jam, man. Man, watching him shoot that one last year. I didn't hunt last year until, well, did we go to Missouri last year, Colin, or was that yeah, year we, before? Yeah, we did the opener. Yeah, so I that went. cool front came through. Yeah, so we got that cold front in the middle of September last year up in the Midwest, and Colin and I run, and I hunted for a couple of days up there in september but then i got home and i just hunted with flip most of october and he killed that buck and then i kind of started hunting once we once november got here so i I probably won't do a whole lot i'll make a few sits here and there and and see but um it's an exciting time of the year uh kind of the moral of the story so to speak is a exciting time of the year and i know everybody as you're listening to this like i said it'll be tomorrow will be the day and you'll be finalizing your plans and checking the weather forecast to see what you're going to get and and how that that affects your decision making for where you're going to hunt and uh for opening weekend and that kind of stuff so that's that's exciting we've all been there it's early 
you're rubbing your eyes, drinking your coffee, just trying to wake up, making that drive to your favorite tree stand, and out of nowhere, a big doe just has to center your passenger side door. The first thought out of your mind, after a few choice words, is let me call my insurance agent. Let Jake Slocum be that call. With five-star claim service and a friendly staff by your side, whether it's auto, home, life, business, or farm, Jake Slocum at American National has you covered. Call or text 318-255-0096 today for a free assessment. Jake Slocum, American National Insurance, more than just your insurance provider. Whether it's your hunting truck, the side-by-side you're pulling behind your truck, your home, life, business, or farm, Jake Slocum has you covered. Call or text Jake Slocum at American National Insurance at 318-255-0096 today for a free assessment. Jake Slocum, American National Insurance, more than just your insurance provider. Getting into this podcast, this is uh we don't we we want to talk a lot about our film contest. We've introduced that idea on a previous podcast. We've teased it around. It's it is happening. We're going to go through that in detail and talk a lot about um kind of the way that's going to work, the format of it, uh the way we've kind of laid it out in terms of expectations and how we're going to run it. And uh, Hunter is uh, a great guest for the podcast here because uh, if if you follow him online, um, you, you've probably seen that he does a lot of content and video work uh, around his hunting and, and in the outdoors, and, and so he'll be able to provide us a lot of good commentary about that, and so that was uh, one of the reasons why we thought he'd be a good one to jump on this podcast. So we're going to go through that, but we're going to do something different first, so Colin has this idea that we we're going to we're going to rank we're going to call it ranking but we're not exactly ranking. We're going, we're going to, to get in some disagreements. We're going to disagree <laughs> and we're going to debate tree stand snacks for a minute. So here's how we're going to here's how this is going to work. Here's how we're going to do this. So we're going to break it down into three tiers. With the first tier obviously being the best tree stand snacks second tier being the acceptable tree stand snacks and the third tier being the shit that you put in your bag because you got to have a snack but it's really not your preference and then there's everything else yep. that you don't take to the tree stand so we're talking about tree stand snacks so we're going to start off uh, with, with hunter you're our guest so if you if you're if you're ranking tier three okay you got to give us a couple of things that fall in your tier three and we're going to tell you if you're wrong or right so, um, so tier three would be nobody went to the grocery store and you got to throw something in the bag cause you're making a, a long sit or you didn't eat breakfast or whatever the case is. What, give me a couple of, of, of what your tier three would be. I'm probably gonna hurt some feelings, but I would say trail mix. Trail mix. That's, that's one of them things. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'll eat it. It's gotta be the one for M&Ms in it though. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, other than that, go ahead. No, nah, I'm 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 not disagreeing, but for the sake of conversation, we've got to narrow that down because trail mix is a lot of different things. Because that you know, there's trail mix with M and M's and chocolate pieces and raisins, but then there's like the Southwest trail mix. That's no, just, no, no, no. I'm, no, no, no. I'm a big old boy. I like the M and M's and the chocolate and a few sunflowers and a few peanuts. And that's yeah. Okay, you that, me, Colin? I think that's a solid tier three. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that's what, that's going to be my biggest. Or the little Debbie chocolate chip granola bars. Those are 
pretty good, but I don't have to have them. Okay, I'll accept that. All right, uh, so he just—if that was yours, you got to pick something else, Levi. What's your <laughs> What's your tier three? Oh man, that was that was tier my tier three. Uh, golly, man. I don't know. All right, Colin. If you're locked, if you're locked in, it could be that could be your tier three. My my tier three. It's kind of like a last resort. Is just like if it's going to be a long day, I'll just throw a, a white chocolate macadamia nut Cliff Bar in there. It's one of my, it's it's one of my more favorite Cliff Bars. A little bit more protein, a little bit more calories, kind of get you through the day a little bit easier. <laughs> you put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, Kyle's I, got his list over. He's got them wrote down. <laughs> I have them wrote down, but I only have three options that I bring, so it's kind of uh, easy. Uh, there you go. I would say, I would say, my tier three going back to that's just like a bland granola bar. Just a bland. we keep those in the camp. Yeah, so, just okay. Nature Valley, Nature Valley, the crunchy yeah, one, the crunchy like one, that. like the green wrapper. Oh no. Uh, no, no, those are terrible. You, that's what you got because that's <laughs> you're gonna run out of water. You'll yeah, run that, out of water. Yeah, I was about yeah, to, these things are was, awful. Yeah, they're not awful, but I don't take them trees. Yeah. You sound like they're you're tier five snacks. You sound like you're snacks. freaking walking on bubble wrap when you're eating them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna throw that completely out. So you're talking about like the Sun Belt, the ones. Well, the the Nature Grand. Valley with like the. I guess the, it's kind of like the yogurt stuff on the bottom of it. They're, yeah, that's kind of like the chocolate about. chip when you were talking about, Hunter. Kind of softer. That's it's right. got like the honey in it. Yep. Yeah. That's I don't right. know. I almost got to put that tier two. I, I like those a lot. Especially that sun, I think it's sun belt, and they have like the, the, the fudge dipped, and they have the chocolate chip, and they have the honey oat, and they have the coconut. That's, what, that's the one I was talking about. That's, no, that's freaking... That's tier two. That's at least tier two. No. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. If, if Little Debbie is not involved in the name, it is not. You're not uh, getting tier bullshit. two. Bullshit. No. All right. <laughs> we disagree. All right, Hunter, tier two. Uh, I'll probably say my homemade deer jerky or the Bellevue snack sticks. Oh, man. Good me, and Hunter, me and Hunter yeah. are kind of alike. Okay. I'm gonna so, blow y'all's mind on tier one, but we'll go. We'll get right. to that in a minute. All right. So, are you agreeing with tier two, Colin, or do you have another I, recommendation? I I agree. My tier two is really any kind of homemade jerky or the snack sticks, like the yeah the round ones or whatever. That's my tier two. It's hard hard to beat some some good jerky in the stand. Yeah, absolutely. I I I will agree. I I, I would put that in tier two. Levi. Those Bellevue Pepper Jack snack sticks or where's that? Yeah, you're right. Good. That, those are damn near tier one, but we'll stay. I'll, I'll agree with tier two. Levi? Tier two, uh, probably going with oatmeal cream pies or the honey buns, probably mm. tier two. Moving towards the Little Debbies. Turd and a wrapper. <laughs> Dude, if, if, y'all's little, if y'all's tiers, if y'all's top two tiers does not have Little Debbie in it, y'all are... You're lost. Uh, absolutely does. It absolutely uh, does. Okay. So, all right. So, I, I I had to agree on tier three. So, on tier two. So, here's my problem. I would put Can the, of Copenhagen? I haven't got, no. That's tier one. 
<laughs> that's don't go hunting without it. That's like right up there with my rangefinder. That's an emergency. <laughs> um, Colin over here stealing my thunder. So honestly, I was honestly I was gonna say the oats and honey sunbelt granola bar for my tier two because that's like that's that I I'll eat honey buns. I like them, but honey bun I've got to eat a honey bun like with a cup of coffee, like. That's like my getting ready to go hunting snack. It's solid. Like, I love it. But it's not my in-the-stand snack. It's my getting dressed, waking up, eat my honey bun with my coffee or whatever. It's my breakfast food. It's not my in-the-stand snack. So I can't. And kind of the same. I'm I'm all about oatmeal cream pie now. But that has a smush factor to it. And that can become a problem. I don't like my snacks to get smushed. And so that's where little, little Debbie falls apart in the whole algorithm. Is anything it better when it gets all smushed up? No, doesn't change the taste. No, <laughs> no. Okay, all right. And to be to be clear on the honey bun, I'm talking about the 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 regular ones, not the glazed. Because you communists, uh, the the glazed is absolutely tier one snack. <laughs> okay, whoa, 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 whoa. slow down, slow down. <laughs> okay, without I, question, I, I agree with you that a glazed honey bun is way better than a regular oh. honey bun. I agree oh, with you, man. but it still falls in the before hunt category for me. But anyway, all right, all right. Oh. Tier one, Hunter, you're going to blow our mind, so I'm ready to hear it. Tier one. So it, I'm not sure which. I mean, they're both tier one. They're they're equally as important in my bag, but so not candy corn, but the candy corn pumpkins. I'm no, talking about no, really interesting. Uh, I like actually, no, they're no, I like those. Those are good. <laughs> those or little Debbie unicorn cakes. Unicorn, those are good cakes. too. You ever had those? I don't know if I've come had on. I own, I own stock in little Debbie. I've had them. Dude, Is that like kind of like the the zebra cakes? Yes, but they're strawberry. Mm. Yes, okay, strawberry. okay, yeah, I know I've what you're talking those. about. Yep, yep. Those are yep. better than zebra cakes. Absolutely. Sorry for all you zebra cake lovers. Those are better than zebra cake. Yes. Okay. Yep. Now the candy. Now the, the, girly, the candy corn or candy corn pumpkin. I can't get on board with you on that. That's that's <laughs> just terrible. That's just. You know that's just hey, you're trying to you kill a deer and not catch diabetes. Bro. <laughs> you're going to think I'm lying, man. I buy. I stock up on those things at Halloween every year, and I eat them year round. True story. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'll, I, if you, if I'm sitting there. I just there, finished my last bag from last year. <laughs> I don't dislike them in terms of like I, that I can't eat them, but I, that's just not something I would, like I would snack on a gummy bear or an M&M or peanuts or something if I was doing like the one, I don't know. Well, that's tier three snacks. That's definitely, you definitely, <laughs> uh, that's definitely different. Candy corn pumpkins. Okay. Yep. Colin, Colin tier one. So, the undisputed tier one tree stand snack is a Little Debbie Cosmic Brownie, and I will not be told otherwise. Boom! Oh, I, I, like I will not be told otherwise. And, <laughs> if you don't open the box and pick the one with the most sprinkles, you're doing it wrong. Okay. You have to have the one, they taste better the more sprinkles they have. <laughs> See, do, you, do, you, do you like the jumbos or the just the regular size? I like the reg. I like the regular ones. I I think think the gas station jumbo ones aren't quite as good. A little drier, aren't they? 
Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> let me let me so shout first, out little Debbie. First of all, let me let me throw my agreement in there that it's definitely tier one because it is without a doubt the undisputed best little Debbie snack that there is. Couldn't agree more. And I I that that you haven't had a unicorn cake lot. I've had one and I like them, but they do not beat a cosmic brownie. Cosmic brownie is the best thing little Debbie makes, and it's not even close. Now with I that, like cosmic brownies. So that's my agreement with Colin. But here's the problem that I have, and I hope I'm not ruining anything for you here, Colin. But it's oh, been a year or two ago, and I ran across this picture on the internet of somebody who broke open their cosmic brownie and there were maggots inside of it. Oh yeah. And I, I've seen that. That just that that really that was like a uh, a pivotal moment in my life, kind of, because up until that point, I never thought they were anything but absolute, you know, manna from heaven. And since then, now every time I eat one, I think about it. So it's hard for I me. Mean, the the rat the wrappers are clear, so you just just look at it before you eat it. I mean, I get it. I but absolutely have never seen that video. It's not a video. It's just a picture of like broken open and the maggots are crawling out of the middle of the brownie. And it's just, I mean, it'll anyway. So I agree with you. I agree with you. It definitely falls in tier one. It's not my tier one, but it falls in tier one. Levi, tier one. I've already told y'all. Honey bun. Honey bun. 100%. You can't say the regular honey bun is tier two. The little glazed bunny bun is tier one. No, the, the little freaking Debbie big one? ones. The no, big ones from the gas station. Mrs. Freshways. Mm-hmm. I got yes. you. And not only is it the best, y'all want to hear how many calories is in that thing in one of the big ones? Oh, it'll get you through the day. 590 calories in one of them. <laughs> you better you better get an extra large that's like, sa- saddle that on is like, son. That's like eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> the thing is huge. Okay, yeah. so... You're telling us on the record officially that your tier two is a regular honey bun and your tier one is a glazed honey bun. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's tier three a cinnamon roll. I'll also put uh, Oreos, double stuffed Oreos up in tier one too because I mm. love double stuffed Oreos. All right, so my tier one mm. is the is the undisputed peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> undisputed. <laughs> Yeah. Peanut butter and yeah. jelly sandwich. I'm sorry. Speaking I, of stuff getting smushed, I know it. I, I I did I did contradict myself there, but if I go through the trouble of preparing myself America's best meal, I'm gonna do so with the appropriate amount of of, of preparation for how I pack it so that it don't get smushed. Because at least at least you can still eat a oatmeal cream pie after it's been smushed. There ain't no reason you can't eat. I mean, a, a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Its anatomy is squished together to begin with. So, you know. I, anyway, well, that's right. So basically, what we all said is we're just all uh, a bunch of fat asses. So nobody said nobody said apple. Nobody said peanut. No. I mean, the damn beef jerky was the healthiest thing in our list. <laughs> so, well, all right. So, feel free to comment on the community page, or you can even send us a message with with your agreements uh, or disagreements. And um, we're going to do this more often. We're going to debate other topics because I think it's throughout throughout the season when you're when you're 
you morning just... hunt goes a little long and you're eating your snack, tag us in your pic in your Instagram story and we'll share it. You just wait till we debate tier three, tier two, and tier one broadheads. Shit's oh. gonna get real. Oh my god. <laughs> that that alone is the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna get real. <laughs> So when they define when they define two people in the community page that I don't know if you could find two people that just really don't like each other <laughs> that are always getting into it that would be the best episode. If you really don't like someone, we would like for you to tag, us. tag them in a post. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have both of you on. Tag tag yes. them in a post Perfect. on the community page so we can get y'all on together and we'll sort this shit out. How about that? <laughs> Oh, oh! By the way, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, that kind of stuff, did y'all see what I posted on the, on the community page? I don't post much. I'm not I'm not real active on social media, and I have no problem whatsoever with somebody shooting a spike. I don't care. That's your. It's legal. It's your uh, your prerogative. But we made a shirt for that, and I intended one hundred percent. I intended to give away a Can't Eat Them Horn shirt to the first spike posted on Louisiana Bowhunter Community, and I forgot <laughs> to announce that I was doing that, and somebody shot one already, and so I posted a link to where he could buy a shirt. But I'm announcing on this page, I'm announcing on this podcast that I'm going to go back and look that guy up and send him a shirt. There because, you go. Uh, <laughs> Because Man that's, what we, that's what we made. That's what we made the shirt for. The intentions are what count. Um. So we mentioned the uh, we mentioned the video contest. So we talked about it in the first or second episode, something like that. And in all fairness, and and in all honesty, we we probably intended to kind of get this out with a little bit more more. Um, lead time than we have but i hope that people who have heard us kind of tease it and talk about it maybe already kind of preparing on their own those that are serious about getting involved in it and we hope that a lot of people will and uh so we are officially officially announcing the louisiana the first annual louisiana bow hunter film contest and um we're gonna go over how we have this laid out what the kind of expectations are, what the do's and don'ts are, how it's going to be judged, and um, something official will be posted, you know, in a in the form of like a, a, a regulations list of how to enter rules, stuff like that. But basically what's going to happen is we're going to open this up, um, and if you've already been filming your preseason routine or for those of you that, that have access to hunt in the earlier opening areas, if you've already started filming some stuff uh, by all means um you know there's no start date it's 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 for the season 22 23 so um anything that you already have can go towards your project and when the season wraps up in february you know we'll uh we'll we'll set a date at that time giving everybody a chance to get kind of all their final editing and and production work done on on what they put together and sometime in the spring, we'll announce a winner. And uh, right now, what we can say right now for sure is we have a, a gear bundle from Scree. 
That'll be part of the prize package. We have a saddle from Buzzard Roost. That'll be part of the prize package. And we are working on a handful of other things. And uh, the only part of this announcement and, and, and this, I guess, film contest that we don't have completely ironed out, uh, you know, just 100% uh, to share on this podcast is exactly the prize structure. But I assure you that we are going to do our very best to make it um, very much worth your while. And uh, like I said, we have gotten some gear from Scree. We've gotten uh, saddles from Buzzard Roost. And we're working on several other things, and we will continue to kind of keep people updated as we build those prize packages. And we're going to try to make it as big as we can for year one and where we're at. So what's going to happen is... If you don't already follow the Louisiana Bowhunter official uh, YouTube channel, you'll want to go do that. We're going to create a playlist there, and we are going to uh, upload our entries into the contest to that playlist. And we are going to have a a kind of a four-point scoring system. So myself, Colin, and Levi will be three judges that will be three of your four scoring points. The fourth point will come by way of popular vote. So we will have a period of time at the end of the season after the uh, the community set, vote. Uh, yeah, like a community vote. So there'll be a period of time after we set the final entry date where we run um, a popular vote where people can go and vote on which which videos they like the best. And in doing so, we will rank that vote, and that will be um, the fourth score that will be averaged into uh, the score that myself and Levi and Colin give. And then all four of those scores will then be averaged to give one overall average score and that will rank the submissions one through however. And if we have a ton of submissions, we're going to, um, you know, name a top three or maybe even a top five, a featured playlist, and so on and so forth. So the, the input from the community and the, 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 the how much people get involved will really determine how far we can take this. But one thing that we will assure you regardless is we're going to uh, we're going to stick with it and we're going to give away a really good prize package and um, make sure that everyone, whether they win the contest or not, if you if you uh, if you participate in the contest, we're going to make sure to promote your work and make sure people get to see it because um, we're not trying to do a professional film festival here. We're trying to do a community thing where we can all see. Um, different hunting styles and different things from around our community and we want to celebrate that and uh, we're going to promote it and uh, make sure that that people see your work and but like with everything in life there's a winner and there's a loser and uh, we'll work that down so let's get into first of all before i do that hunter hunter give everybody a kind of a brief background of you know, what you do with Bayou Bowman and what you do with film work. So, so, so before we get into discussion about these things, kind of people kind of know where you're coming from. 
uh, I guess, <clears throat> I don't know, it's probably been 12 years ago. I got in, I got into filming a little bit, filming my hunts and whatnot, and uh, successfully filmed my first deer hunt, which was uh, on Corny Creek in South Arkansas, one of my leases, and uh, which is where I, I still, I actually still have a small business called Corny Creek Productions, but I only have a few private customers and don't advertise anymore. But uh, so that's where I got the name Corny Creek Productions was I killed my first bow kill uh, on Corny Creek in South Arkansas. But so anyway, long uh, flash forward, I filmed professionally for a few years uh, for a few people. And uh, anyway, I got tired. Of, I love hunting too much and got tired of watching other people kill. So kind of got out of it. I'm in the oil field anyway. So it was kind of a side gig. I was burning up all my PTO um, filming other people when I really wanted to be hunting myself. So a few years ago, I kind of just, like I said, I got out of the uh, professional scene as you would call it. And just, I just enjoy filming and enjoy photography and, uh, you know, just being in the woods and whatnot. And that's when I kind of changed my Instagram handle, I guess you would call it to Bayou Bowen instead of Corning Creek Productions. And, uh, like I said, I just, I just still thoroughly enjoy filming and taking pictures and just, for memories more than anything but uh also a hobby so yep hunter i wanted to i did want to ask you or get you to bring one thing up about what you do now because it's really neat not a lot of people i say a lot of people there'd be some people that have heard of this but hunter hunter correct me if i'm wrong you do all the production work for the dream hunt foundation correct isn't that right yes that's yes that's right that's one of the private customers i have still so yeah, the, uh, and if you would, Hunter, please kind of just just give a little small brief overview about the Dream Hunt Foundation, what they do, and all that stuff, please. Yeah, so the Dream Hunt Foundation was started uh, about ten years ago. Actually, this is our tenth year, as a matter of fact, and, uh, by one of my really good friends, Jeff Warren. Um, we uh, take you know uh, less fortunate, uh, disabled um, kids, you know, cancer, cerebral palsy, um, multiple different you know, issues and, uh, you know, whether it's a parent passed away, uh, deployed overseas or many, many different things. Shriners kids. Uh, last year I took a kid named Neymar. He was a kid up here from uh, the country of Panama who was actually a Shriners getting a prosthetic, uh, put on and built up here because they didn't offer that at the Shriners in Panama. Uh, so, so many different, uh, you know, uh, walks of life that we, try to cater to, but uh, specifically kids who have never had the privilege of going on a hunt. Uh, that's the number one rule. So if you've ever been hunting, whether you're handicapped or not, you automatically do not qualify. So, but uh, yes, it's a great organization. I'm highly involved with them. Um, so we t- try to take, you know, well, every year we take over 500 kids hunting and fishing and uh, on the hunting trips. Every kid has a cameraman with them, just using a little Sony Handycam. You know, all mostly amateur guys, and a lot of them been doing it for four or five years for us. But anyway, so we just take that footage that uh, all these guys and cameramen have filmed throughout the weekend with these kids, and I uh, take that and make make a video of you know all the successful hunts. Anyway, so we try to do around 20, 25 videos a year. So yeah, that's a little backstory on the Dream Hunt Foundation. It's a, it's a great organization. Yeah, good. it's that's I've awesome. been I've been going to the banquet. I I missed last year because of work, but I try and make an attempt to go to the banquet every year. It's 
it's pretty eye opening for people that have never like seen it to go to that banquet and I think Colin, I know you and Locke are, you know, down in South Louisiana, but it's it's a neat, neat organization. Probably one of, if not the top hunting charity related organizations in the state, in my opinion. It's really cool. So cool. Well, um that I mean twenty to twenty five videos, that's that's a that's a lot going on. I mean that's it is, but you gotta remember it's not you know, it's it's not the TV quality because of what you know the quality of the video we're dealing with. So yeah, so you don't have commercials and you don't. You're more or less just telling the story of the kid, you know, for for that weekend. So it's it's not near as in depth as what you're thinking, probably. But yeah. it's still a lot of work, but still a lot of videos. Cool. Well, um, you know, as, as you said, your experience in the. Uh, in the world of, of filming hunting, whether it be in your days of doing it uh, professionally or, or just as a hobby, you're, you're well-versed in it. So um, you'll be a great color commentary. And um, I kind of told Hunter, you know, leading into this conversation that, that what I wanted him to do was to kind of be the voice of the community, so to speak. So as we're going through and talking about this he can kind of maybe present ideas and and questions from the perspective of someone in the community that may be considering trying to put something together for this contest and uh it may open our eyes to um to some parts of this so that'll be hunter's kind of contribution to what we're doing here so uh i'm gonna just kind of start out by just reading through our uh, kind of final draft of basic regulations. And I'm going to go through them all, um, completely go through them, and then we will go back and discuss the the when, where, why, and, and how of, of, of all of this, some of this, and, and what needs to be discussed. So uh, starting off, um, we have a minimum of a 1080p resolution. Uh, only royalty-free music can be used in your production. All legal methods of archery hunting are accepted. All hunting methods shown in the production must be in full accordance with all state laws. High fence hunting will not be accepted in the contest. Films must be based in the state of Louisiana. Video length is of the creator's discretion based on the film storyline, and we ask that you keep it around 20 minutes at maximum. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes, but keep it around 20 minutes max. Winners will be decided on the point system that we just talked about using um, the Louisiana board vote and the public vote collaborative for an average vote. And then I just kind of have some sad notes um, that will kind of be wrapped up in our discussion, but... Any submissions found to be in violation of regulations will be removed from consideration for contest winnings, and all submissions are property of Louisiana Bowhunter and can be used at our discretion into perpetuity. So a lot of that sounds very direct, and it's intended to be just a very black and white um, list. So 
the reason we wanted to have this discussion on the podcast is because I know that there are questions and there's nuance to this. Um, there's nuance to uh, how it will be judged. There's nuance to, to what is expected and what is tolerated, if that makes any sense. And just kind of some of uh, the why uh, the why that we came up with, with these things. So starting out, uh, 1080p, you know, it's going to be really hard for anybody to create a video with any, any equipment that's still up and running this day and age and it not be 1080p. So, uh, you know... Colin, you and, yeah, Colin, you and you and Hunter can kind of talk more in depth about what 1080p means to kind of answer that question. But I'll just say before I hand that to you that um, from my point of view, this is not a regulation that's going to get you disqualified from the contest. But it's going to be really hard for you to score high enough to win anything if you're not meeting that minimum. Um, Hunter, in your experience, you know what what. What is what is 1080p? I mean, what does that mean in your experience? I mean, for somebody who has no idea what we're talking about. I mean, it's, it's basically, I mean, I guess nowadays it used to, you know, 10 years ago, it was the highest quality of video that you could actually film in. But now it's, uh, you know, obviously, like we're saying, it's on the low end. It's, and it's not to get too detailed. I mean, it's just the quality of uh you know, that your camera is filming in. So, you know, you, I mean, I know everybody's heard of 4K and crap. Now they come out with 8K. So it won't be long that 1080p will be the thing in the past, you know, where before it was like 720p. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, to keep it simple, that it's just, you know, your quality of footage that you're filming in, which like Colin was saying earlier before we started, is, I mean, even cell phones nowadays are, you know, most of them are 4K. So, yeah. Yeah. If, I, if you and, have an iPhone, Within the past five years, it shoots 1080. It sh- probably shoots 4K. I know the really new ones shoot 4K. Uh, GoPros. GoPros shoot 1080, 4K. Um, $200 Sony handy cams. Yeah, pretty much any kind of camera you buy in the store now is, is going to shoot 1080. So although it is kind of like a requirement, it's... it's uh, there's more out there that shoots 1080 than that doesn't. So yeah, shouldn't I, worry you too much. I, I I don't I don't think anybody with any level of experience, whether that's editing their film to show their buddies or to make a YouTube channel of their own or whatever, is going to be in any way taken back by this. So I don't want it to be. I don't want this to be a big bullet point. That's why I wanted to mention it. 1080p is just. You know, for video performance on YouTube, and uh, it's more of a, a expectation than a regulation, but it's in there. So, uh, and, and while we're on the, just a quick tip, real quick, speaking of cell phones, if you, which Fourth Arrow actually came out with a good armature called the Baton, but make sure your phones are turned in the. I guess that'd be the uh, landscape, you know, horizontal. yeah, land, landscape horizontal, whatever you want to call it, position. It makes for way better quality. Just a little tidbit. Definitely. Um, The next one that I had on here, and and this is uh, just something that is kind of a, um, it's not a no-no, but it's a a technicality. Uh, Royalty-free music. You can download royalty-free music on YouTube, 
Um, you can find it free in a lot of places, or you can buy it really cheap. But the problem is, we can't put your video on our YouTube channel if you've got your favorite Luke Bryan country song playing in the background because they're going to flag it for copyright and they won't let us put it on there. So if they play that, I'm going to flag it <laughs> or, or whatever we it is. Don't want I, any of that. I, I, I understand that, that like when you make a home movie or you make a, a, a personal production and, um, you, you, you put that on your social media, whatever you get the little tick, but they still let it play. Um, because it's not, but, but as a brand, as a trademark brand, we're considered commercial, and we can't, we won't be able to use it. And I know can't that use hashtag I do not own the rights to this music. Yeah, we we we're, <laughs> See we're not, people do that all the time. Yeah, so you can do that on your personal pages, but we can't do that. So um, there are just millions of of audio tracks out there that you can search through to find the style of music that you want to put behind your video and i know that there's there there may be a song out there that the lyrics really drive home maybe a a point uh for you in your story and all that but you just you can't do it and if if you do then even if we really like it we're not going to be able to to use it so um just know that up front and uh don't do it because uh i I don't want a really good video that could have easily use something royalty free to to uh all your hard work to go for not because there's uh some copyrighted music in it um yeah hey hey lock i was gonna just bring up just so they they're looking for like any good websites for royalty free like if they want to buy songs uh artlist is one artlist.io Yep. Yeah, Epidemic Sound and I think Audio Jungle used to. Audio used to Jungle do that. is one. Think. There's one called Pond Five. Pond Five. There's in, yep. Envato, which is E N V A T O, which yes. I actually I think yep. bought Audio Jungle, but that's that's um, right. But yep. but look for people that don't want to buy one, just search royalty free music on YouTube and then go to one yep. of those websites where you drop the YouTube link in and it downloads the music for you and downloads it to your computer. You can find all kind of acoustic and rock and cinematic and all kind of audio tracks that are royalty free and they're just a YouTube video with some graphic playing and you can drop that link in a YouTube converter and pull the the music file down. So yeah. it's really easy to do. Uh, that that's yeah. the thing to yeah, know. That I mean, and even even with on the YouTube thing, you can search and a lot of these people or channels or whatever will even post the download link in the description of the YouTube for the song. Yeah. So you very, can very easy it. to, to find, yep. find these. So those are a couple of technical things that are right off the top. Um, not a lot to, to talk about, um, getting more into the, 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 the kind of the depth of the content and what it, what it's going to be. All legal methods of archery or hunting of hunt, all legal methods of archery hunting are accepted. So yes, you can make a film about hunting with your crossbow. Um, we're all putting aside our personal, um, just what we, you know, we just lost half the crowd already. So, um, yeah, look, it's legal and we are Louisiana bow hunter and crossbows are legal during archery season in the state of Louisiana. It's a legal way to hunt. We're not condemning anyone and there is no reason for us to not, to not do that. The same thing goes for 
traditional archery or compound bows. Um, it's all legal methods, and we're we're trying to showcase and celebrate archery hunting in the state. And so, what will the first man who kills a spike with a crossbow get? I have a very, very <laughs> special thing that I'm not yet ready to release. And when I tell you it's very special, it is very effing special. <laughs> it's, uh, um, it is it is it is in the works. Lock, settle down. You're going to have people going out of their way for this. Uh, well, the, sp- the spikes, no spikes. If they, if they would publicly post that on the Louisiana Boner page, it would be worth it. Oh, they're going to get a prize. They're, they're going to get a prize, and it's going to be a one-of-a-kind um, that may end up being more than one-of-a-kind because I promise you it's awesome. I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, Colin and Levi don't even really know that much about this, but it is in the works. I don't. Um, so yeah, um, just basically just just because it's not our preference of hunting, we're not going to disqualify you for it. So and 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 yeah, I was I was going to add one thing about the and I I do not like crossbows. I mean I'm I'm gonna be honest, I don't like them, but I will say. And in the meaning of this film contest, what I would hate to do, you know, just say we disqualified crossbows from it. Just say you had some little kid that was four or five years old, you know, he can't pull back a compound bow at legal weight to go deer hunting with. And, you know, you get some five-year-old kid out there that shoots a nice deer, you know, happens to get it on film. Not to say this is going to happen, but. I don't want to, you know, a little a kid that age to to miss out on that. And you know, if they if his parents or whoever puts together a really good video of a young kid, you know, hunting with a crossbow and it's great, and you know, I'm all for that. So, so absolutely, here's what I want to say, uh, and and this is probably going to be reiterated mm-hmm. in some form or fashion in this conversation about a number of things. We're not going to be like we joke around about it. Um. We joke around about crossbows and about saddles and about corn and and all that because we all have our preferred methods. We all have our opinions, but we're not going to just pick the guy who kills the biggest deer on video. We're not going to just pick, like, if you go kill a deer with a traditional bow in an extremely challenging hunt, but the video sucks, you're not going to win. I don't care if you had the most difficult hunt or you killed the the largest scoring deer in the state, if the video sucks, and I don't just mean the quality of the shot, kill shot, I mean the whole video. If it's not a, a film worth the score, I don't – so, you know, it's not going to score, at least from my perspective, and I've got one of the four, one of the four scores, and I know that Levi and Colin um, have a, uh, a similar opinion as I do. We're looking – for people to showcase archery hunting for people that are part of the Louisiana bowhunter community. That is the goal. It's not a kill the biggest buck on film or showcase the hardest hunt you can possibly put on film. It's not that. It's make the best video. And that's from start to finish. That includes yep. the kill shot. That includes the method. And more than anything, it includes the storyline. So um, – the, 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 the method of harvest being the weapon is very much secondary. So 
even though we're joking around about it because it's low-hanging fruit, I don't want somebody to think, well, I ain't doing this because I went with a crossbow and there's no way they're going to let somebody with a crossbow win. That's absolutely not true. Dumb question. So if this is all about telling the story of the state of Louisiana bow hunting, is a kill required? No, it's not. Not necessarily, no. Uh-uh. I, I don't know think the, it is. The first, no, the first, the first year I did a video contest on the Hoyt contest, one of the top three films, the guy didn't even shoot at an animal. And the, I was going to say, the videographer there's, not much, there's was, not much more challenging than, than uh, boat, uh, filming your bow hunts in the state of Louisiana. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, that's it's a good, it's not, you said dumb question, it's not a dumb question because I'm sure some people are thinking, I'm going to put all this work in and I don't have a great place to hunt and I really struggle um, to kill any deer with my bow. How am I going to do it on film? And if I don't, that's that, you don't have to, right. you've got to make that's a right. compelling film that highlights some storyline that complements Louisiana bow hunter and archery hunting in the state of Louisiana. And, you know, like Levi said, if you look at these kind of, th- these kind of contests and these kind of things, there are films at a very much higher level than us that are recognized by by much larger entities and they don't have kill shots in them so um without a doubt uh you know uh let your creative juices flow and and i guess to not bog up and to move on to the next thing i just want people to know you know with us saying all legal methods of archery hunting are accepted there's not an asterisk to that i don't want anybody thinking oh well yeah they say it's all accepted but they're not going to do it because they don't like crossbows that's not true that is absolutely not true um next thing and this is a kind of a black and white thing all hunting methods shown in in the production must be in a full accordance with state law so in other words if you break the law on film and you submit it, you're a dumbass. And <laughs> we're not going to show it. We're not going to show it because we don't want you. you Mister Gray Jeans is going to pay a visit. Yeah, we 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 don't want to be uh, an accomplice in, you know, whatever you did was stupid, and you making it even dumber by putting it on the internet. So um, that kind of goes without saying. I don't. I, it, it's kind of one of those things that you have to put in a list of rules and regulations, but you would hope that that would kind of go without being said. So. In anything that you're doing in your storyline, whether that's in the state of Louisiana, whether that's in a tree stand, or whether that's driving down the highway or at home, it you know we, it, there's not going to be anything like that that we're going to be up that we're going to put on the internet for your sake and ours. So um, that goes without saying. High fence hunting will not be accepted. We talked about this. Um, we talked about this when we when we kind of teased this idea early on in the podcast season. So, I'll let you guys comment, but I'm just going to say my only piece about it. If you submit a video, and we find out that you filmed the video in a high fence, it's not going to win. I'm not going to ban you from Louisiana Bowhunter. I'm not going to call you out. But the problem is, there are certain subjective, in my mind, there are certain subjective things that we have to be on the right side of as a judge and it has nothing to do with my opinion about whether it's okay or or whether it's ethical or whether it should be or whether it shouldn't be done it has nothing to do with that but that is a line that we're going to draw in the in a matter of i can't judge and again it doesn't it doesn't matter whether you're killing a a trophy buck or 
or whatever you're killing within that high fence, the controlled environment that a high fence provides, the the regulations um, around it, they're different from fair chase hunting. And the film contest is intended to highlight and celebrate fair chase archery hunting in the state of Louisiana. And if you want to create awesome archery content legally in a high fence and you want us to show it, I don't have a problem showing it, but I'm not going to judge it against fair chase videos. It's just that simple. It has nothing to do with whether I agree with how you hunt or not. I don't even disagree with it. I don't do it myself. I just don't disagree with it. And if you're doing it legally, more power to you. I, I you know, I, I understand some of the reasons why people choose to hunt that way. But in, in as, it, as just as it pertains to judging a film contest, there is a hard line in my mind between fair chase and high fence. And so that is one place we have to segregate. So you guys comment however you, but that's, that's just kind of my stance on it. That's where the regulation came from. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree. Um, like we said, it's the, the size, the score of the deer is not what's going to win you the contest. And I'd be willing to bet you that somebody who kills a deer on film fair chase probably has a better storyline than somebody who kills a deer in a high fence anyway. So even if we were allowing it, I would think the fair chase would probably win in my eyes anyway. So. Yeah. I just, it's not the same thing. And, and, and it doesn't matter whether it's ethical or not. It doesn't matter whether it's legal or not. It's two different styles of hunting and you can look at it from this perspective, a very, very, very small percentage of of people who would identify as Louisiana bow hunter have the opportunity to hunt enough inside a high fence to make a film about it. The rest of us are doing it completely different, and that's why you can't be judged against everybody else. And it's just that simple. It has nothing to do with whether we agree with how you hunt. We're not calling you out. It's just you're you're not doing the same thing as everybody else. And so that's why we won't, you know, that's why we can't judge that. But again, if you're hunting legally in the state of Louisiana with archery equipment, I don't have a problem showing it as part of Louisiana bow hunter. I'm just not going to judge it against a film in fair chase conditions. It's it's about the judging for me. Anybody else got anything to say about that? No. 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 I mean, I mean, from an out from an outsider, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I, I'm uh, you know, I've, I've killed deer inside of a high fence before, and I mean, it is what it is, but I, I definitely agree, especially when it comes to being in a contest. It's definitely not the same as, as hunting on the outside, for sure. Unless you're on the at the winter quarters, that's pretty much the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I, but, you know, when it comes to contest regulations, it's all about loopholes and closing them up, right? You, you know, loopholes are what degrade any kind of judging and contest, and you got to try to close them up. And, and, and if you want a final a final say on it, and we're going round and round about this like it's going to be a, a big topic, and I don't think it is because of because of the final reason. The final reason is it is a very small percentage of people that are able to use that as their foundation and as their 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 you know their canvas, so to speak. And so it you know you can't have this group of people working in these conditions and these working in this condition and then judge those against one another. You can't do it. And that leave out in case my last comment, I don't think the winter grounds, yeah, the winter quarters, winter quarters. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, if if I'm people want to hunt, if people want to hunt for high fence, that's that's as long as it's illegal. It's it's all about what they want to do as long as it's illegal. But it's in fairness, you are you're changing the competition level if you're allowing that. So yep. it, yep. I'm not I'm not going to ramble on everything you said, Locke. I agree with. It's, so you're painting on a different canvas, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. so the next thing in here is is the film must be based in the state of Louisiana. This is something that we talked about in depth before we got on this podcast, and it actually started mm-hmm. out with the regulation reading the film must be in the state of Louisiana. We've changed that and added the word "based in the state of Louisiana" because it's my it's it, I would guess I would assume. I shouldn't assume, but I would, I would, I would guess that most or a lot of people who are into this enough to actually try to create a film during hunting season are probably hunting quite a bit, and they probably hunt in other places, and that's part of their story. So, does you know? In saying that, does that mean that your film can't have parts of the story that are of you hunting in other places? There's lots of storylines that we had as examples and lots more that you could think of that could supplement a great storyline. But and again, this is one of those things that aren't it's not gonna it's not gonna um disqualify you, but I can just tell you that if you submit a video that is about your one week rut hunt in the Midwest, it's that's not the purpose. So the the the, the the, the, the qualifications, the expectations that we're judging on, it's going to fall short, regardless of how good it is. If you're telling the story of your hunting season, and that includes things that happen while you're hunting in other states, but it all it all tells the story of, of you as a member of the Louisiana Bowhunter community and whatever your story is for this film, that's fine. Um, I'm leaving this very subjective because I want people to be be, be very creative because... I think that it could be a fantastic way for people to be really, really creative and showcase their ability to create a really good film and supplement with some great entertaining footage. But, you know, basically what we're saying is you can't make a film based in another state. That doesn't mean that you can't have parts of your film in another state. Um, and it kind of goes without saying that if you create a film in another state and try to lie about it and we find out, then well, obviously we would disqualify your score for the contest winnings. But um, this is a very subjective one, and it has a lot more to do with, with us trying to provide a regulation that really highlights our expectation and what we're going to be judging on. We want you to be creative in how you interpret that. Comments from the peanut gallery. No, I mean, I think simply put, the deer needs to be killed in, in Louisiana. But, like, the example, just so people know that we were talking about, was if you hunt out of state and you're on a November rut hunt in the Midwest and you get a trail cam picture that your target buck in Louisiana was right underneath your stand at 7.30 in the morning, and then, you know, you you add, you can add that into your film, and then if you go back and you kill it, kill the that target buck in december having that part in your film where he 
he was out when you were in the Midwest. That's something that's really cool to add to your story. So that's kind of, that's an example of what we mean by it can, the, the deer needs to be killed in Louisiana, but, but you can certainly have pieces of the storyline that take place in another state. Like being at a nephew's wedding out of state on October 1st. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, look, I'll even be more broad in, in, from my perspective. And Collins, Collins' opinion matters every bit as much as mine does because he has a score in this that counts every bit as much as mine does. So, you know, in that regard and as well as in the public opinion vote, you're going to be judged by your peers, by the three of us and the, the popular vote as to how you lay this out. But in my mind, I'm a great example. If I wanted to submit a film about my son, my son is a Louisiana bow hunter. He hunts in a stand most of the time 100 yards behind my back porch. And when he's not hunting there, he hunts right down the road on our lease that we jump on the side-by-side and drive down to. But he also goes and hunts with my dad in Mississippi, and he drew a Kansas tag. And if I was making a film about his season, it would be based on the fact that he goes to school in Louisiana, he plays sports in Louisiana, he hunts 80% of the time in Louisiana. But that doesn't mean I can't show him hunting in other states and tell the story of his season because he's a Louisiana bow hunter, and part of being a Louisiana bow hunter is going out and hunting in other places and coming back home and hunting here too. So you can be very creative with that, including your kill scenes. The only thing that I would say is if I'm looking at a video and basically the girth of the content is just about you hunting at your lease in Mississippi or your your out-of-state trip to another state, then it's going to fall short in my mind on a score. That doesn't mean it won't be a really good film, but the expectation is to celebrate archery hunting in Louisiana and people that make up the Louisiana Bowhunter community. So there has to be a spirit of that in your storyline from my perspective. Levi, what do you think? Yeah, um, and to get into kind of like what we're referencing to the scoring, uh, in my mind, the way it's going to work is, you know, we'll, we'll us three will probably come and come with some form of agreement to have like a score sheet, like, all right, storyline one through five, you know, okay, yeah, hunt quality one through five. So it's it's not like uh when we go score a particular film, like, oh, yeah, well, that's the winner or anything like that. You know, it's going to be based kind of on a number system to yep. me. And, uh, yeah, you know, one thing Colin said, you know, if you kill a deer in the Midwest and, you know, come back to Louisiana and kill a deer, I mean, I guess, I guess kind of what both of y'all are saying, you know, we don't mind having out-of-state footage in there, but you know, the more out-of-state footage you put in to your video, possibly the lower score you're going to get. So if you're, if you don't have any Louisiana footage in it at all or, or very little or whatever. Yeah, so. it has to correlate to the, the overall theme, which is Louisiana bow hunter and archery hunting in the state yeah. of Louisiana. And we'll leave that open-ended because, like I said, I may look at it different from Levi. I may look at mm-hmm. it and I may see, I, you may have, Levi I may look at it and be like, man, there sure is a lot of out-of-state stuff in here and and it may affect his score. But I may look at it and it may, I may be like, you know, they put that together pretty well. 
Like I get, mm-hmm. I get it. I get what they're what they're trying to convey here in in that regard, and and it may you know uh, I may look at it differently from a scoring perspective. So that's I hope I hope that that kind of explains a little bit um, where we're coming from um, with that. So um, use your discretion with that. Again, it's not going to disqualify you. It's a regulation. It's one of the regulations in this list that's meant more to set the expectation than to set a hard black and white. A you can or cannot. Um, next thing on here is is our video length is 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 of the creator's discretion based on his film storyline, and we put twenty minute max. Now, if your film is twenty one minutes and ten seconds, it's okay. <laughs> uh, if your film is four minutes, it's okay. We put the 20-minute thing on there because our experience tells us that when you get beyond 20 minutes, we're, we're trying to help you out here. You know, you things, things that you film and things that you experience, when you watch them back, it's easy to get long with it. Um, we're trying to help you uh, be a little bit cleaner and tighter in your story building because we know that regardless of how how... It looks through your eyes. When it gets to that 20-minute mark, there's very few um, films in this format that are going to captivate someone beyond that. So we're not going to turn away something that's, um, you know, within a, within a few minutes of that. But that's just kind of a guide for you to go by. I really don't think we're going to get too many of them that even push that. And some of the best films I've ever watched are four or five minutes. So, um that again is a regulation that's meant to kind of set an expectation and help you understand the kind of things we're looking at when we go to judging something like this. Um, it's not a hard, fast rule. Um, Colin and I submitted a video for a long form film contest last year, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Colin, I think it was an 18 minute time expectation. And our video went over a minute or so, and we still placed in the top seven. And this was a national yeah. contest, so it can be done if the film is good enough. But I can just tell you, if you get you you get to twenty minutes and you get beyond that, you better have a really good film to hold somebody's attention for twenty minutes. Just yeah. but plainly put, it's it's the story. It's not the whole hunt that we want to see. Yeah, uh, Hunter, I'm curious uh, on this topic. Just in your experience, what what kind of time? do you expect to see in this just based off what you've produced and, 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 and stuff in the past? Well, you made the comment a while ago about losing people's interest. And I don't know, I'm sure that y'all uh, being the moderators of some of these pages, y'all see the, the, uh, the deal you can go look at and see how long you, you people watch uh, these videos. And like you said, man, a minute or two is humans are just impatient and, you know, by nature. And so five minutes is normally what we try to keep our videos at because you just lose interest from people and they are ready to fast forward and go on to other things in life. So, yep. yeah, I mean, the shorter, the better, honestly. I mean, if, if you can tell a good storyline, but at, at, you know, like you said, also those, if it's good enough and keeps people's attention, then, you know, 15, 20 minutes will be fine as well. But in, in my, in my experience, yeah, four or five minutes has been some of the best, Best videos. I I'll say uh, I'll give you a um a tip. I guess um working in a, in in the video business, 
a lot of the educational informative video work that that I get paid to do is expected to be between five and eight minutes. And the reason for that is the attention span. Um, You're only going to hold somebody's attention um, in that capacity. And I think this kind of follows suit. Um, Not exactly, because in something like this, you can do really good and get up there and get 15, 16 minutes and, and still be doing really good. But um, just in, in in from a digital media perspective, most educational and informative videos, and what I mean by that is the kind of stuff that you see on maybe different hunting YouTube channels that you watch where they're explaining how they use a certain product or how they scout this or how they uh, tune their bow this way or whatever. Those videos usually sit around five to eight minutes because there's a certain amount of information they're trying to deliver and they're trying to do it in a reasonable time frame. So if that helps you to kind of understand what your timeline needs to look like, um, we're stretching it way out there with 20 minutes. And that's, like I said, that's more, that is more um, put in there as a, a as a guideline, more so than a regulation. Um, but again, if you go and you submit us a 40-minute video that is just a first-person walkthrough of, every hunt you made in some capacity that's we're not going to be able to showcase that that's that that's not going to work you need to actually try to tell a story and in doing so you've got to you've got to make the hard decision of of cutting some stuff out and shortening some things and and uh that's That's what i was going to say is anybody that's done a little bit of editing knows that 20 20 minutes of a hunting video take that's a lot of footage a whole lot so a whole lot um the last thing on the list was just about the, the point system, which we've talked about. Um, and I'll just reiterate, myself, Levi, and Colin will all grade the videos on the same scale. And we will do a popular vote of all the submissions after the final entry date. And uh, that vote tally will land uh, a score on the video um, along the same scale that we vote on, and then those four scores will be averaged, and that average will be the final score that dictates the rankings of the video. And uh, like I said, we're going to have a, a, a big prize package um, for the, the person that wins it. We're going to showcase all these videos throughout the year and into the future um, on all the digital media platforms for Louisiana Bowhunter. Even the ones that don't get get scored as a winner, we're gonna still going to highlight them and celebrate them for the work that you put in and showcasing uh, bow hunting in the state and and all that sort of thing. But uh, that's that's the system. My my asterisk that I put on here, um, I, I put in here that any any submissions found in violation of regulation will be removed from consideration for contest winnings. That's written a certain way, and and I just want to point out uh, we've mentioned it. There's a few things in here. Um, such as the high fence is, is an example. There's a few things in here that we're not gonna we're not gonna score that um, to win. That doesn't mean that we won't use your content. If you submit it to us, then that is your form of agreeing to turn over that content to us and uh, allow us to use it, and we will still showcase that. But um, that won't. Um, that won't be scored. 
and there's a few things like that. But there's um, there's a few things that we simply can't do, and, and, and we've mentioned that. Anything illegal, we won't post at all. Um, anything with copyright uh, audio in it, we won't be able to post at all. So, um, you know, I guess if I'm not missing something, if y'all can think of anything, uh, th- those are the only things that that really come to mind off this list that would be an absolute no-go that we couldn't post it at all? Is there is there anything else y'all can think of? No, I think it's just those two, and then everything else is just kind of like somewhat of an expectation. Yeah, you're you're uh, you're kind of... But not a disqualification. Uh, it, yeah, it's a guideline as much as it is a regulation. And, uh, and the last thing that, that I put on here is... Of course, anything that is submitted to us within this contest um, is property of Louisiana Bowhunter. So, uh, you know, basically all that means is if you submit it to us, it's going to stay on our YouTube channel, and um, we're we're going to have full access to use that in our uh, uh, all of our platforms and however we wish wish to use it. That doesn't mean that you don't still have rights to the video yourself as well, but we're going to brand it um, with some sort of Louisiana Bowhunter. Uh, uh, branding, whether it be in the intro or the exit or or watermarking and, and whatnot, and that copy of it uh, we'll have into perpetuity. That's just a big legal way of saying if you give it to us, we're going to use it. So don't come back and tell us we can't. <laughs> that's 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 basically all that is. Um, and I don't want to get really more in depth than that. I want this to be a very open minded, creative thing. That is is a way for people to further engage with Louisiana Bowhunter. I think the last thing I want to talk about with this, and I want um, everybody to kind of chime in on, is is like some of the things that, in your mind, make a good film. And if you look at not only what would make a good film, but what are some ideas that you might just kind of throw off the top of your head that are realistic scenarios and also things that you think would would work well in terms of being uh, something that helped you score better in judging. And I'll start off with an example. Um, I think that deer management. So I'm going to go with a two. I'm going to give. I'm going to give two things here to kind of highlight where I'm going with this part of the conversation. I think deer management is a big thing. And I think being able to tell a story from start to finish and not just, hey, I'm getting out of my truck, I'm walking to my tree stand, oh, today's the day, here's the deer, I shot it, and here's the hero shot. But being able to tell a story that that is um, relatable to people. People may not walked in your shoes exactly, but they kind of understand the process that you went through to have that success or to deal with that failure. You know, it may be a storyline all about this hard work that you missed, and that might be your film. But people can relate to it. Make it relatable. So when we're talking about deer management and, and the decisions we make as hunters to get ourselves into the right position to be successful, those kind of things build a good storyline. And when it comes to things that, that you want to talk about, like um, maybe influence stories uh influence judging in a contest the more times i see the louisiana bowhunter logo in your film i can pretty much tell you the more it's going to catch my attention this is a louisiana bowhunter contest and 
if you're out there hanging tree stands in the video wearing a Louisiana Bowhunter t-shirt or hat or stickers on the back of your truck and that kind of stuff is showing up, you are in, you're absolutely embodying <laughs> I just had a mosquito like fly in my mouth. I was going to like, say speaking of Louisiana. <laughs> a mosquito like flying all over my microphone and that, right in the middle of the same. Yeah. But you know, like I said, you know, the, the purpose behind it is to is to really highlight archery hunting and, and, and showcase people hunting lots of different ways all around the state and and um and kind of celebrating the Louisiana Bowhunter community. And if you're showing that in your film, I you know, I'm not I, that's not a cheap way to get people to buy merchandise. I I don't, I don't want people to take it that way, but but uh you know, hey, I mean that's that's the kind of stuff that's the kind of creativity that that you should be thinking about. Y'all, what, what kind of ideas do y'all have? Yeah, I mean, the more unique your story can be, the the cooler it's going to end up. I mean, like, like for example, Garrett built his own bow. If he films that and kills a deer with it, that's just like a really awesome story. Um, in my, I think that's just like super cool. That would make a great video. If you have history with a certain deer, you have trail cam pictures from the past year, so you can incorporate in your video. That's really cool. Just if if you have a unique story, in my opinion, it's that's going to go a long way. That's that's kind of what I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, Levi, I, I'm putting you on the spot here, but like, what are some of the things that you, when, when you're watching hunting videos on YouTube or, or on the television or whatever, what are some of the things that you see people doing creatively that always catch your eye? And everybody's answer would be different. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of picking on you with yeah, question. Yeah, and other than what you two guys said, I mean, that, that was kind of what was in my mind but if i had to add something to that what i would probably say is like putting in meaningful b-roll into your into your film like b-roll that is kind of relevant to what's going on at that point of the story you know whether it's doing like a time lapse you know of sunrise or you know any kind of little small b-roll shot of your bow in the tree or whatever i I feel like the way that kind of filming is going with like reels and stuff like that is, you know, you're not, your film isn't your camera pointed at a corn pile for five minutes watching the deer eat for five minutes until you shoot him. You know, the video needs to be broke up and it needs to, to, to grab the the viewer's attention by with meaningful B-roll and stuff like that. So I don't think, I don't think people put enough value into that to catching the viewer's attention. Well, I think that's the difference between a, uh, and, and Hunter, you can speak to this. I know you can with your experience. That's the difference between a, a, you know, a, a creative filmmaker and somebody that's just making a video. Yeah. 100% agree. Um, that's, and that's what I always, uh, like, you know, like I was saying earlier, these dream hunt weekends, you know, you got 25 kids there. Well, 23 of the cameramen are, you know, what we call amateur or 
beginners or whatever, you know, have not. Uh, and I always tell them, like, you can always delete film. You can never go back and get it them. So yeah. I give them two 32 gig SD cards with their cameras and I tell them I want, I want them to fill them up and cause I can always delete, but you can't ever go back and get it with these kids. They're there one time and they kill one time and yeah. yep. get them walking, get them. I mean, everything, everything you think of. I mean, to, to make a good hunting video, you definitely have to get tons of B roll. Like I was saying, yeah, th- that's a really good point. I think something yep. that is worthwhile mentioning here. And if you are listening to this and you're, you're trying to make, uh, draw, you know, your, your opinions about all of it or, or just trying to make sense of all of it. You'll hear, you'll hear people when it comes to filmmaking and, and, and editing and producing video refer to a roll and B roll. And a roll is the, you know, a roll is the kill shot. A roll is the deer, the target animal walking up or a roll can even be the interview shot. It's the very direct, video for whatever is happening b-roll is all of the 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 cutaway things that set the table so to speak and what's so important about that is what makes a good video a good film whether you realize this when you're watching them or not i think you guys will agree with me what makes a good video a captivating video that people want to watch is when you watch that video, you literally can put yourself in that place, in that moment in time. And as, as silly as it is to sound, uh, to, to say, as silly as it might sound, is what I was trying to say, it, I want to know, these are just examples. I'm not saying, this is not a, a, a checklist of things you have to do. These are examples. I want to know, what kind of tree stand you're sitting in. I want to know what kind of boots you're wearing. I want to know what it looks like behind your tree stand. I want to know what it looks like from above if you have a drone. I don't want to just like to to, to Levi's point, I don't want to just see you talking to the camera in a tree stand. I don't really know what, I, I, there's no really scene set there. I don't really know what's going on other than what you just told me. And then the next thing I see is just the kill area the deer walks into it and you shoot it. And then the next thing I see is you sitting behind the deer. It may be really good. It may be a very successful deal for you, but I, I wasn't able to be there with you. I don't really know, you know, was there a thicket on the east side of you or were you in wide open hardwoods? I really only saw 20% of what you were looking at um, as an example. And there is... We could talk all night about examples of what this is, but I think that when you talk about B-roll and how you use that to make a good video, you have to be able to make the the viewer literally feel like they're sitting in the stand with you. Like when you see, like I, this is like this might y'all 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 might smirk at me a little bit, but this is what I always think, and it works on me. So I think it works on other people. Every one of you have watched a video where you're sitting there and you're, you know, they're videoing a deer walk by, you see a view of the hunter in the stand, and you can kind of hear the wind blowing. You can see what the hunter's wearing, so you can tell that maybe it's cold, but then you get that B-roll shot of the leaves kind of like shaking. And when you see that, you can almost feel that wind that's blowing. And it's a part of the hunt. 
the yeah. lead, the noise the leaves are making, the feel of that cold north wind on that hunt, that's all a part of the hunt. And that B-roll is specifically designed to set that scene for you as the viewer. And if you can find creative ways to do that, um, like here's another example. You find a way to film. You're driving into your stand in a side-by-side or a golf cart or whatever, and you film some kind of like mud splashing up. You get the sense that somebody's having to go down a muddy road to get into this area, and you feel more like you're there, right? Yep. Because if you just cut to the guy sitting in the stand, you don't know. Did he park 100 yards over there? Did he walk across the field? Did he have to open a gate? Was it a gravel road? Is he way back in the back of a property that he could only access on an e-bike? You have no idea. He's just sitting in a tree stand, and there's an oak tree or a feeder or a food plot or something in front of him. Those little things that seem you don't even realize that they're subconsciously setting the scene, and that's what keeps you engaged and makes you feel like you're there. So if you can find ways to do that, your video will be better. And that will, it will take the place of, did you kill a certain inch buck? Did you shoot him with a crossbow or a compound or a traditional? All that doesn't matter. What matters is whether you can captivate someone with your videography and your story. That's what's going to matter. So um, I won't go on any longer about that, but it, unless you guys have more that you can add to that, that's that's what I think. People who are maybe doing this for the first time, I think it's I, I think it's worth saying because I think that's that's uh, that's the kind of thing. Yeah, you I mean, be I thinking. definitely agree a lot. And I mean, and for people that don't have never film, I mean, it, it is very time consuming. You, you got to leave earlier. You got to. I mean, it's, but it's fun, man. It's fun to go back and watch, you know, the memories and, and, uh, you know, see, see all the work you put in. And like I said, I enjoy the kids are kids are my thing, but I, I enjoy filming myself as well, but yeah. it definitely is time consuming, but it's well worth it. You know, it's well worth the effort. So. Well, I hope I don't that- guess there's any specifics around, uh, I mean, I guess we've set this up making it sound like self-filming, but is I mean, it's just it's strictly a video contest, right? Right. Now. I okay. think I th- so. So you can have a buddy help you film. Absolutely, you have a buddy to film you drive to the mud hole. And, Absolutely. Yep. Look, yeah, and I'm you know filming having a buddy film me is better quality, anyways. Correct, hundred percent. I, I will say this: you'll enjoy it more that way. Yep. Honestly, you will enjoy yep. it more that way if if it's somebody that you share a large majority of your hunting season with anyway, then why not make, you know, why not make a, a project out of it and enjoy it together? You will, you will enjoy working it's with like someone. like the video you made last year. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that was an awesome video. It's, it's very much, um, something that you can get lost in. And it's something that, uh, we, we said this on, on the previous podcast when we kind of teased this idea, uh, Levi, I don't know if you've ever submitted a, a film into a contest hunter, but but Levi and Colin and I have, and you know just to see your work showcased and see people uh, be able to uh, kind of have a purpose behind what you're doing, kind of brings it all together, like all the work and and everything that you're doing. I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that are really interested in having that, but the, I felt that way myself at times where it's like. I want to do it, but what am I going to do with it? I mean, after I've shown it to my family and friends, what am I going to do with it? Like, what's the point? I'm not. I'm not trying to make a YouTube channel. I'm not trying to be on the outdoor channel. I'm, 
you know, whatever. So this just uh, it's just another thing that you can do to get the most out of hunting season, and you might win. You know, you might win something from it. And worst case scenario, you'll get to be able to showcase you or you and your buddy style of hunting to a community um, of like-minded people. And um, I don't know. I just think it's cool, and it's been one of our goals this year. This is kind of one of the first steps uh, in 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 one of our main goals is to try to uh, engage the community more with Louisiana Bow Hunter and uh, grow our media content so that we're providing more of that and really showing Louisiana Bow Hunter through a lot of different lenses because we live in a very diverse state from marsh grass all the way to pine thicket, hardwoods, and everything in between. And I think that sometimes um, while we try to diversify and and vary our podcast topics and we try to share pictures and photos from lots of different people um i still don't think that uh the amount of diversity in the state really gets it's just due we uh you can drive two or three hours in any direction in this state and be hunting a totally different deer in a totally different terrain and not every state can say that and um i think this is just one way that we could we could start to showcase that and um not just that but the the but the people that are hunting the people that are the people that are wearing these t-shirts and these hats and listening to this podcast and contributing to our uh community page on Facebook and 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 all that kind of stuff who are those people how do they hunt you know um what does that look like and and we don't I don't I don't think I think this is a a big step towards us trying to trying to grow that and and really kind of showcase that as a as a community which is what this is supposed to be it's not a it's not a brand about any one group of people or one person or anything like that so um more so than anything i hope that people will embrace it in that regard so i'm pumped about it man i i, I just i love i mean i just love seeing hunting you know louisiana based hunting shows because as i've said multiple times it's just very difficult Bow hunting deer in the state of Louisiana. Yeah, there's a there's a reason they don't uh, make hunting shows in Louisiana. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Take it as a challenge. We're just trying to take views away from Midwest Whitetail. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all are all sitting around watching them. You can watch us, not us, but our our uh, our channel. Shoot a spike. Hell yeah! (laughs) (laughs) More content for the freezer. Uh, Oh lord. On that note, um, it is topic for another time. Yeah, um, it's it it is as, as you're listening to this, it's the eve of opening day, and we're really excited about that. The mosquito is back. Um, we're <laughs> we're really excited about that, and I know that uh, everybody else is. And I I want to encourage people when you get out this this weekend, man. If you if you have any success, definitely go post on the community page or just send us a, a message with your pictures on Instagram or Facebook or just tag us in your post so that we can share that with everybody so everybody can kind of just, you know, it's it's kind of dive into it. It's it's like a national holiday for, for all of us, and we're all excited to see what comes. It looks like we got a little cold front coming in to the south this weekend, so that should make uh, for a, a good opening cool. weekend. Cool, cool front, not cold front. Yeah. But, and I was in a coffee shop in Hammond today, and this old man was in there uh, in line in front of me, and there was a, uh, a, a another older lady, and they were talking, and 
he was telling him, he was like, something. they were talking something about how cold it was going to get tonight. He said, it's going to get in the 60s. You better bring your, your sweater to the coffee shop tomorrow. You're, she was ordering like an iced coffee, and he's like, you're going to want that hot tomorrow. It's going to be cold. And I'm like, dude, it's going to be 65 tonight. That's not cold. <laughs> it's better than 95, but it ain't cold. But uh, yeah. but that goes to show you how much the weather affects people. And us as hunters, you're squaring – you know, you're you're looking square at opening day, and even a ten degree temperature change is something to be excited about. I think we all can agree with that. So that just makes the hunting more fun, whether it's more productive or not. So when you get out this weekend, tag us, share with us. We'll be glad to uh, post your pictures and tag you in them, and and just kind of celebrate the best time of the year because it's here, and uh, we're all excited about it. And one last thing that. I kind of buried this. I probably should have said this in the first of the podcast for all you people who don't listen to the whole podcast. But um, another thing that we're going to do this year is we're going to do a monthly giveaway. And we'll, we'll, um, we will uh, have more details about that starting October the 1st. But basically, each month of the season, uh, not February, uh, October, November, December, and January, for every order placed at LouisianaBowHunter.com, at the end of the month, we will draw on the 1st of, so for October, we'll make a drawing on November the 1st. Every order placed online will be entered into a drawing for a monthly prize package. And we're going to do some, uh, we're going to do some pretty cool stuff and we'll be releasing some info about that. So, uh, again, that's going to be throughout the season. We'll have a monthly giveaway and all you got to do is buy something at LouisianaBowHunter.com. And it's not just one. Every order placed is an entry into the drawing. So if you, if you buy something, um, hell, if you want to buy five hats, space them out and buy them throughout the month, and you get five entries into the drawing. We're going to try to give away some tree stands, maybe a range finder, some gear, uh, some different things. We're going to come up with the best prizes we can and do some pretty cool giveaways, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, that's about all I got. You guys got anything else before we wrap up? Nope. nope. I, just, I just want to encourage people to get involved in this, man. Like I said, from an outside guy, I just the, the more the merrier, and I don't want anybody to feel, uh, you know, like their their quality isn't good enough with their cell phone or whatever. I mean, just just do it. Film it. Yep. Keep. Your I want to do. I want to do a contest for opening weekend. We're gonna give somebody a free hat. And DR, did you lock? Did you see that awful picture of that guy with that face paint that I sent you? What did you see that? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's terrible. You texted a hundred, hundred so. Cool, cool, coolest, yes. coolest war paint gets a free hat, Levi. Yes, yes, <laughs> that dude. And I'm gonna put the. I'll post it in the community page. This dude, and I'm not making fun of the guy, but it's it's hilarious. You're not making the fun of the looks, guy, but you are making fun of the guy. Um, <laughs> it looks like he said worse than Phil Robertson. It looks like he sat in front of a, a tailpipe for like 20 minutes before he took that picture. He was cold. He had to warm up. <laughs> it's it's okay. hilarious. Okay, so we're making this official. The best war paint picture submitted from opening weekend is going to get a free hat. So yes. Levi's, yeah, so Levi's say, discretion here. Levi's the judge. Come okay, I, I Tuesday, that. October 4th, mm-hmm. we will we will pick... Levi will pick a winner. So you've got Saturday, Sunday, and Monday to put on your best face paint. 
And Levi's <laughs> gonna pick the best one and send him out. And if we if we if we get zero submissions, I'm gonna hunt this guy down that had this picture. <laughs> and I'm gonna send him a Louisiana burner at <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and okay, oh, and, and so then I'll put my hat in the ring. If you shoot a spike with a crossbow and you don't send a picture to us, you suck at life. And if you do, I got a very special prize coming your way. <laughs> and if you shoot that spike with a crossbow out of a saddle, you got a really special prize. <laughs> oh, man. So I just I just wanna just throw that out there. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna like commit overcommit myself, but I'm an honest guy and I promise you, if you come through for me, I will come through for you. If you shoot a spike with a crossbow <laughs> I'll say this. If you own a Louisiana bow hunter hat or t shirt and you shoot a spike with a crossbow and you take a picture wearing that hat or t shirt or both, the shit just keeps getting better. So just <laughs> Just uh, putting everybody on notice. Spikes, beware. <laughs> Go out and get you some. In all seriousness, no, no, I'm not saying all serious because I'm dead freaking serious. But I do have to wrap this podcast <laughs> up. <laughs> so, um, seriously, it's the best time of the year, and I'm excited. I hope that you guys will chime in on the community page with how your opening weekend goes. Share your pictures with us so we can do that. Um we got some new hat designs and new T-shirt designs out on the website. We're also starting to get those out in stores all across the state. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We're actually looking to do maybe even a few more designs for, uh, for this fall, uh, more than, than, than the stuff that we've just put out. So be on the lookout for some more cool merchandise. And, Hunter, we want to thank you for jumping on the podcast and kind of chiming in and, and bullshitting with us. We appreciate it. Man, thank you all for having me. It was good to have you. We wish you the best of luck this weekend. Colin, Levi, I'll be, uh, while I'm watching the bride walk down the aisle, I'll be, because that'll be like right about prime time. I'll be, uh, I'll be thinking about all y'all hunting while I'm standing there watching the bride walk down the aisle. So, um, wish everybody the, the, the best of luck this weekend. Have a fun and safe opening weekend. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. If you have anybody you'd like to hear on the show, reach out to us at info at louisianabowhunter.com. And if you want to help support Louisiana Bowhunter, go by your local archery shop and pick up some merchandise. If you don't have any at your local shop, let us know and we'll reach out to them. Or pick up your gear at louisianabowhunter.com and we'll ship it out to you same day. See you next week.